Welcome to the Our Town Podcast, where we connect you to Sacramento. Our Town Podcast is brought to you by the Chris Kennedy team at Reliant Lending, your total mortgage solution. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or refinance, let Chris and his team at Reliant Lending solve all your mortgage needs. Call today at 916-794-0777. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to uh, introduce you to a friend of mine and our bookkeeper here at Reliant Lending, um, Dorothea Silva from Avant Limited. And uh, they specialize in tax preparation um, uh, and bookkeeping for uh, local businesses. Um, and uh, Dorothea, so uh, are you, you, you grew up here in Sacramento? I did, yes. I grew up in Sacramento. I wasn't born here, but pretty much spent my entire life in the Sacramento area. Went to Sac State um, uh, right out of college. Uh, went to work for Arthur Anderson, a large accounting firm, and nice. then um, got married. Uh, we moved to Arizona for two years and then couldn't uh, stay away from, you know, I was really wanting that Delta breeze back. It was a little too warm for me in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. So moved back to Sacramento. Nice, nice. Um, Arthur Anderson, uh, last time I heard that name, it was all over the news for for uh, the whole Enron debacle. Uh, were you there back then? You know, I had just left the firm um, the year prior, and it's unfortunate. It's such a, a strong um, accounting firm with a, a rich history, but um, the time in Sacramento that I spent at Arthur Anderson was uh, invaluable. Yeah, yeah. No, I bet. I bet. Uh, it's just, it's it's crazy that it, they were been around for so long, and, and then they kind of get that that little tarnished name a little bit, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, and then, so how long have you been with Avant? Well, I've been with, um, so Avant was founded um, by my partner, Perry Gilarducci, many years ago. And um, I joined him about uh, two years ago as, okay. as a principal. Okay. And then, um, so it's, it's pretty much you and him. Do you guys each take a, a side that you run or like how do you guys break up your duties you know we um we both we, we have different clients that we work on um so it really just is we kind of both do the same things perry really is the um uh what you would call a managing partner kind of manages the manages the firm the direction and um, we both serve um service our clients and um have a team of other people that help us Nice. And you mainly work with businesses, correct? Or do you also work with individuals as well? Yeah, so we work with, um, we work with this, uh, small business owners in the Northern California area. And um, along with those businesses, we help the owners strategize and we discuss their tax and business strategy. But um, we don't um, necessarily work with just individuals. It's it has they have to be tied to a business. Nice. So, well, I will say that you guys, I think you guys, I've been with you for three years now, and uh, I could never be happier because I do not have to oversee and put all that stuff in the in in my books and keep up my QuickBooks. 
it's all for you. You guys take care of me and I absolutely love it. So I, I do. Oh, <laughs> and uh, everybody that you have working for you has been dynamite as well from, you know, uh, everybody that I've come in contact with. So uh, have all been absolutely awesome. Um, That's the way it should be, right? You shouldn't have to worry about, you know, whether or not you're taking the right deduction or um, what you need to do with certain financial matters, right? That's why you have experts. Yes, yes, it is. It is huge and invaluable. So, um, but the, the main reason I wanted to bring you on uh, and, and it is to answer a lot of the questions that I get every day from our clients. Um, and uh, some of them are a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> some, of them, um, some of them are kind of important. And, uh, and I always say, hey, you should talk to a, a, a tax professional, which I will always say talk to a tax professional, but at least I can have a tax professional on and I can talk to a tax professional and ask some of these questions. So um, the, uh, one of the very first questions that I get quite a bit is, uh, what is the difference between a, a tax credit and a tax deduction? Yeah, that's a... That's a good question. Um, a tax deduction, so a tax deduction can lower your taxable income, right? So you have your, um, think of mortgage interest, right? You always hear that um, discussed as a tax deduction. So um, you take your, um, your wages, right? And you deduct from that tax deductions to get, give you a number that's um, pre-tax income. And then that pre-tax um, income, you calculate your taxes on. Okay. Okay, okay so a credit is, um, a credit, a tax credit reduces your actual tax paid. Okay, so um, let's say you've, um, you owe $2,000 in taxes for the 2020 tax year, right? a tax credit would um, directly deduct from the tax amount. So if you had a $1,000 tax credit, um, you would take that directly against your tax dollar for dollar, and you would just have to pay the remaining amount. That's nice. Will they, do they do that for everybody? I wish I got a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah, I want tax credits, right? Tax deductions are great because it reduces our taxable income. But tax credits directly reduce the tax amount that you pay. Okay. Okay. And so what is the difference between a refundable and a non-refundable uh, tax credit? Well, tax credits are good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, tax credits are good, but refundable versus non-refundable, you really like the refundable credits, right? Because refundable credit is a tax credit that is refunded to you no matter how much your tax amount is. So if you have a tax calculated at, um, let's just use $1,000 like we did before, yeah. $1,000, and you have a refundable credit of $2,000, you're actually going to get, um, you're going to reduce, it's going to reduce your amount to zero, Okay. but then you'll also get $1,000 back. So a refundable credit is almost like you paid in that amount to your to the IRS and then now they're refunding it back to you. Okay, okay. So. 
a non-refundable credit is you would only be able to reduce the amount up to up to your tax liability, but you wouldn't get anything refunded. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. So with this new, um, with the new uh, American Rescue Plan uh, tax thing that's being, it's, is it proposed or is it in effect? Like, is it already going? Yeah, so there's um, a you know a bunch of things uh, that that we can cover today. Um, Biden has you know just to kind of introduce Biden's uh, tax policy changes. He has it's it's really composed of three separate ideas. The first one, which you just asked about, the American Rescue Plan, that's enacted. So that is um, that's here. Um, it's implemented. Uh, it, it's provided um, economic relief to some people through um, cash payments, right? Okay. But then it also made some specific changes to child tax credits and um, the earned income tax uh, credit. So um, the child, you asked about the child tax credit um, yeah. for the American Rescue Plan. So the American Rescue Plan offers families bigger and better credits just for 2021, okay? So, uh, so let's back up a little bit. The child tax credit um, is a refundable credit um, and it has been around for a number of years. Um, in 2018, for 2018 to 2025, the child tax credits, $2,000 per qualifying child. Okay. But up to $1,400 is refundable. Now, what the American Rescue Plan did what it is, it allowed the credit um, for families increase from $2,000 to $3,000 per child. And if your child is under six, um, that amount goes up to $3,600. Whoa. The other thing that it did is the full amount, the, the credit's fully refundable. Okay. So it, so it made that change for 2021. Um, what's kind of exciting about that too, and I know a lot of people are talking about it, is um, the, the credit, what Biden wanted is it wanted the IRS to make advance payments of that credit. So it didn't want families to sit around and wait until they filed, because most credits you have to file your income tax return to take the credit, right? Okay, you, yeah. You take the credit on your income tax return when it's filed. It's a 20, 2021 tax credit. So really you're not gonna file your income tax return until 2022, yeah. right? So um, a lot of families would have to wait all the way until 2022, 2022 before they even received or saw the benefit of that refundable credit, okay. right? So, so what Biden wanted um, and his administration is they wanted the IRS to make advance payments of that credit to qualifying families in 2021. So starting in July, this is when it's all supposed to start, is um, families that are eligible are going to start seeing payments, advanced payments of that credit. Kind of, kind of unprecedented, kind of a new thing, right? Yeah, uh, that's almost, it sounds like universal basic income in a way, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so question, uh, you know, 
people getting um, the check, the P, um, not PPP, but uh, the, the checks that were coming, the stimulus checks that were coming, are, are people taxed on those stimulus checks? Do you know? Oh, the, um, so the stimulus payments are not taxable income. Okay, okay. That's so beautiful. they don't have to, and even like PPP, right? A lot of businesses um, qualified and received um, PPP funding. And that was really to allow for, um, you know, the idea was to allow for the businesses to continue to operate and pay their employees through yeah. the Paycheck Protection Program, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, businesses on a federal level that receive PPP funding, that income's not taxable either. Okay. And so you mentioned, so that was the, the initial, but you said there's a three part. So what would be the second and third part to the, to the whole package? Uh, Biden's three-part program, yeah, and his tax policy changes. So the first part we talked about, the American Rescue Plan, um, yeah. that's been enacted, right? Um, yeah. Provided cash payments, made changes to the child tax credit and the earned income tax credit. Um, the second part of that is the American Jobs Plan. This is all proposed. Um, it's in Congress now. This would increase income taxes on corporate um, on corporate businesses, um, primarily um, increasing the the, the C corp um, tax rate. Okay. Second part proposed it's called the American Jobs Plan. Um, the third part proposed, also proposed, the American Family Plan, and this you know. When we talk about these plans, we're just touching on just a little little piece of it. These are huge, um, huge um, propositions. But the American Family Plan, which is proposed, that's going to increase taxes for wealthy individuals, um, including um, higher capital gains rate. Um, that's how they're going to help pay for the plans programs. Um, but it talks about you know free education for children that are. Um, preschool, preschool age and pre-kindergarten age children um, and free community college as well. But it's got to be paid for. And, and how do you pay for that? It's through these tax policy changes that are that are proposed. Of course. Why not? So the funniest thing is, is well, sorry, uh, the <laughs> second part, the jobs, it's called the jobs. Uh, and if you, if you tax a corporation higher, aren't if you're trying to create jobs, wouldn't you tax a corporation lower so that people can hire more so that, that the corporation had more available cash to pay people? Yeah, so the economists certainly have um, their view, right, on Biden's um, tax plan and Congress does as well. Congress is going to sit down and read through all of the proposed changes and really decide whether or not, you know, this makes sense for, um, for, for America. Yeah, if, yeah. There's definitely a trickle-down effect by raising the C-Corp rate. Um, you know, it was just reduced, right? We had a tiered C-Corp rate pre-Trump. Um, pre yeah. Trump, Trump reduced that and made it a flat corporation rate of 21%. Yeah. And Biden's proposal is um, increasing that up to 28%. Okay. So okay. we'll see. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. And uh, do you see, so Biden's individual tax rate, is that going to, just for, let's say somebody that makes, you know, a husband and wife, they make uh, $120,000 a year or $150,000 a year together. 
Um, is, are, is somebody that's salt of the earth gonna feel the effects of these tax increases? Well, um, ultimately, we're going to have to see what, what gets passed, but Biden has promised the American people that um, he's not going to increase the individual, let me back up, the um, individuals are not going to feel an increase it, for families that make under $400,000 a year. So that's kind of his, has been his, like if you've listened to him on the um, on his press conferences, um, families making under $400,000 a year should not see an increase in their taxes. Okay. All right. And then, uh, so one of the questions I get, and you and I have kind of talked about it, and I, I actually had someone call me, and uh, we were talking about down payment for a home. And she said that uh, that she was going to be getting her uh, check from Biden for the down payment. Um, and so uh, the question to you is, what is the like what is, what is it that she's talking about? What is this proposed uh, proposed real estate first time home buyer tax credit that this person was asking me? Yeah. Well, sounds very exciting, right? Like first-time home buyers, they definitely, um, you know, could use some assistance in in purchasing a home, right? And w why not have help with the down payment? Yes. So, yeah, what um, what Biden is has proposed, and um, it's been discussed along his campaign trail, right? It's um, it's actually been introduced um, as a bill during the end of April but the bill has not yet passed. So um, it's right now it's just proposed and um, it's in draft form. So we don't know what it's going to end up looking like once it's, um, if it, get, it gets passed, but it's a $15,000 credit that's refundable. So again, remember we're talking about it's, it's well, it could be a check, I guess, from the IRS, but remember a credit, refundable credit um, you usually see through your filing your income tax return, right? So uh, Biden's not going to sign a check and, and send it as part of the home purchase, right? <laughs> as part of the payment. But cash has got to come from somewhere, but it's going to eventually get into your homeowner's pocket um, when they file their uh, income tax return. Um, eligibility, it's, it's going to come down to income level, home price, and other factors. Um, but it is, is gonna be a credit. So um, let's see if I can, I actually pulled up, um, pulled up some information about it because it is you know, kind of in, in the works, um, but it's a first time home buyer uh, credit. Um, about right now, it's the credit's gonna be worth 10% of the home's purchase price up to $15,000. Um, and uh, really what the bill, it, sponsors say um, is it's an effort to reduce barriers to home ownership, right? Okay. To break down those walls and allow more Americans to, um, to purchase homes. Gotcha. Okay. Now, uh, is this part of the three-part plan up top that we kind of talked about uh, that it's going through? Is it's a completely separate thing from what, what is trying to be pushed through? Yeah, it's completely separate, right? It's a it's a bill that kind of stands on its own. So 
I mean, is it part of the bigger, I think it's part of Biden's bigger plan, but it's not within um, the other plans that are proposed. This is a, a bill that's, that's kind of standing alone on its own. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I work with a lot of uh, investors. Um, I work with, uh, well, I work with anybody buying and selling real estate, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, but what is the main difference between short-term and long-term capital gains? Yeah, so um, short-term versus long-term capital gains. Um, so when you think of um, an investment and real estate could be an investment, right? You could um, purchase stock as an investment. You could purchase um, real estate as an investment. Both are treated holding periods as either short-term or long-term um, when it comes to um, thinking about paying taxes. Let's just put it that way. So short-term would be if I've held an investment for less than a year. Okay. okay? Long-term is going to be anything over than a year, right? So short, we always, um, as CPAs, and, and I think the general public kind of knows that long-term is a better better thing to do, right? You don't, you don't really want to hold something for short-term. You kind of want to hold it for longer-term. And the reason why that is has kind of been ingrained in us is that you pay capital gains on, on long-term um, investments. Okay. So let's break that down. Um, you know, we talked about taxable income. Um, your tax rate and the income that you earn is taxed at ordinary income rates. Okay, so whatever your tax rate is, you look it up, you pay taxes on your wages, okay. right? Capital gains are treated special. <laughs> so okay. they're, they, they get preferential treatment, right? So you have a lower tax rate that you pay for um, your when you file your federal income tax. Long-term capital gains rate, depending upon how much money you make, can either be um, 0%, 15%, or 20%. It's kind of graduated. You hear the 20% number used a lot because in general, people are going to pay for long-term capital gains a 20% rate. Okay. Okay. Um, if you were, um, if you've kind of strategized and, and worked your income level way down, you could potentially pay zero, zero on your long-term um, long rates. But for, as an investor in real estate, you kind of think, okay, what, um, if I've held this property for a long, uh, over a year, I'm going to pay 20% capital gains. Okay. Federal, federal income tax. Now, um, question. So uh, people, a lot of people buying and selling right now. A uh, couple lives in this house for three, four years. Uh, they have a ton of equity in the property. Let's say 100 grand, 150 grand of equity in the property. And they're going to roll that over to it. Is, is there a tax base or is there a tax savings for rolling it over? Can they take all that cash, put less down and not be taxed on it? Um, what is the kind of the rules there? Yeah. So if you have a, you're working with a homeowner that lived in a home for three years and um, they're going to sell it, they want to maybe upgrade or maybe they're relocating, moving to another state. If, if they have lived in their home as their primary residence for two, as two out of the last five years, then they can exclude as a married couple up to $500,000 of gain. Nice. Right? 
that's pretty significant. That's no taxes paid, right? That's so awesome. it is, it's amazing. It's like one of the, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to um, remember and to, you know, potentially strategize as you think about, um, you know, even in, we work with investors that are, um, have maybe built a real estate portfolio yeah. um, over a number of years. And maybe it's just one or two houses, let's just say, but then they also have their primary residence. But, you know, some will, as they retire, sell the big home, move into one of the rentals, um, live in it, make it their primary residence for two of the last five years or yeah, two years, and then sell that, exclude the gain, and then move into the other rental. Okay. Um, there are some specific tax rules, though. You still have to, you know, if you claim depreciation, there's oh, some depreciation recapture. Yeah. It's always the rules, but that's, you know, that's why you want to go to a, a, you know, advisor, right? You want to use your use your real estate agents, your mortgage brokers, and also your CPAs to really help you kind of plan and um, strategize. Nice, nice. Um, you, you mentioned two of the last five years. That's kind of a key, right? So uh, is, what, is, what exactly does that mean? Well, it means, you know, you just have to kind of, um, if you're looking at your timeline, you just want, maybe you um, lived in it in 20, let's just, I'm horrible. I like need my calendar to plot it out, but let's just say you've lived in it in um, 2018 and 2019, right? Yeah. But then you moved out in 2020 and um, 21, and then you sell it um, in 2022, right? Gotcha. Well, you, you lived in it for those first two years, so that counts. Okay. Even the last three, you haven't. Wow. You still meet the exclusion. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe they relocate um, to another state and they want to hold on to that property because they're not quite sure if they're going to be moving back yeah. into California. But then they realize that they do like, you know, maybe that new state and they decide, well, we don't like to be out of state landlords. Let's yeah. sell that property and list it. But a year or two years have passed. Well, they still qualify for that exclusion because. They it was their primary residence for two out of the last five. Nice, nice. The IRS gives you like a little a little buffer in case some of those types of things happen. <laughs> and there's always rules, so definitely check, right? Always rules, and the rules change all the time. <laughs> yes, nonstop. Uh, so um, as awesome as you guys are going through COVID and everything, did you guys grow or, or through COVID? Um, did you, did you, were you affected by it at all? Yeah, COVID uh, 2020 and, you know, really the first part of 21 has been a crazy, crazy time. Uh, we really have seen a lot of our businesses, um, uh, ha they've had to really kind of pivot and do things, you know, I know that's like a word that's used a lot and maybe yeah. overused, but I mean, really just um, have been very resilient in, in working through craziness, right? I mean, yeah. there's so many changes and you have to be adaptable and you have to be able to um, move and, 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 and change things quickly. We actually were very fortunate in that we were able to um, really work closely. That, that's one of the things um, is we work with our business owners, right? So we were like, 
reading about all of the changes and communicating yeah. with our clients and helping them um, calculate their PPP and the EIDLs and the restaurant revitalization funds. And so we were um, able to really stay on top of everything that was happening in the changes, communicating yeah. to our clients, and then really helping them through uh, the last year and a half. And so that has benefited us. We've been able to um, grow our firm and we hope to continue to grow it. Nice. Nice. Um, so th that being said, are you guys hiring at all? Are you, well, who are you looking for if you are hiring? Wow, that's a yeah, great question. Thank you for asking that. We would um, we're always looking to hire um, great people as part of our team, right? It's yeah. um, it's really about getting the right people um, for your company. So we're always looking for the right person. Um, we look for people that are interested in learning about businesses and wanting to work with businesses. If they have um, an accounting background, that is absolutely. Great. Plus, um, right? <laughs> that's a plus because we are, you know, accountants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, accounting is great, but we also have, you know, administrative positions and um, and other consulting type. All right, cool. And then, so what would be your ideal client? Somebody that you that you guys truly work with quite a bit, and that you would want that you're ready to take on more of that you like. Oh, yay. Thanks for asking. Um, we are, you know, really, we love to work with a small business owner um, in our community that is looking for a partner that's going to help them grow their business, right? Because we want to grow our business. We want to help our um, clients grow their business. So it's, um, they have to want to seek out the advice of a professional. That's, I think, key. You have to want to be able to collaborate with someone, um, be open and willing to ask questions and hear different answers. Um, but ideally, our small business owners, um, they typically have about at least five employees. Um, and then they can go all the way up to, I mean, I think our biggest client has 80 employees. Okay, okay. So, um, still, you know, that would still be considered a small business, right? Um, so if anywhere in that, um, in that range, because we work with um, businesses, our goal is to work with businesses either on a monthly or a quarterly basis, right? So okay. we're, we're helping them um, read their financial statements, work on their cash flow, understand um, how to, how to um, uh, do a projection. Yep. Uh, you know, they come to us when they're ready to sell their business, right? Yeah. And, you know, how do they transition out? What does that look like? And so we're with them throughout that process. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. So uh, ever since I've had you guys, like my, my numbers are just spot on, right? Uh, and one thing I do appreciate is that you guys will come to me uh, we, I, once a year at least, and we kind of go through the previous year and stuff like that. Um, and you've given me suggestions. You, you've made a lot of good changes to my business uh, numbers wise, right? Um, but when I do want to go buy something like a house or something, I have all my numbers are done. And it's so great just to have everything done. Everything matches. It's amazing. Uh, we just bought a vacation property and I was just like, here you go. 
everything was done and the loan went through easy. So uh, I do thank you for, <laughs> for that. Yeah, I mean, information is power, right? And a lot of businesses, you know, it's um, business owners are typically very passionate about what they do, right? You, you are um, passionate about what you do and sharing information with your clients. I mean, they come to you with tax, <laughs> tax questions and you're like, I'm not a tax specialist, but let me get the answer for you, right? Inf that information is so powerful. But so is financial information. People, business owners need to realize that, you know, it's so important that you have your numbers, um, they're dialed in, right? So when you yeah. go to the bank for that loan, you don't, the banker's not asking you questions and you're going, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Why? Exactly. I don't know. Wait a second, that's not right. Let me, you know, dig into that. They need to, your financial statements need to be accurate so that, when you need to make a decision, you can rely on the information that you're um, looking at. For sure, for sure. So um, if uh, there is somebody that wants, do you go through like a hiring service, do you, that kind of stuff? And if somebody does want to contact you for either a job or they want to bring you on as a client, where do they contact, uh, where do they contact you? Phone number, email, how, how do you want them to contact you? Yeah, they can call in, they can ask for, um, for me, they can ask for Dorothea Silva. Um, okay. They can call our office. Our our number is 916-641-6990. That'll take you direct to the receptionist. They could also, you know, check our website. Um, they can click on an info info button, and that um, email will be routed to our director of operations, who will get it out to one of the partners. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean. If they're interested in a job, like I said, we're always um, looking for the right people to hire because, yeah. you know, if it, the people are one of our biggest resources. I mean, we are a service industry, and so we're always looking for um, quality, um, qualified people to work with, work, work with us and help us grow our business. And same with clients. We're looking for um, a client that is you know, a business that's ready to have that relationship with their CPA. Oftentimes what'll happen is clients come to us because maybe they aren't getting some, like they know they should be getting something, but it's, they're not quite sure what it is, but they're not getting it from their current yeah. provider, but they don't know what it is, but that it's something, right? Something's missing. And so they come to us and, and, and we can help them navigate through what they're missing. Okay. Cool, cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for meeting me. Um, we will uh, blast this uh, podcast out all over the place. Uh, and uh, I truly appreciate everything you guys do for me uh, and my business. And um, I just love to give back. So thank you again. Yeah, I can I can see that. And I think that, you know, maybe what we'll have to do is get back together once this um Biden's uh, three-part program actually is implemented and enacted, and then okay. we can discuss what actually, you know, came about. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Thank you so much. You have a great day. See Thank ya. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Our Town Podcast, where we connect you to the people that make Sacramento one of the top places to live in the country. If you would like to feature your business on the Our Town Podcast, email admin at thechriskennedyteam.com. Our Town is brought to you by the Chris Kennedy Team at Reliant Lending, your total mortgage solution. Chris can be reached at 
916-794-0777. Again, that's 916-794-0777.